0: The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
1: This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times— to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it.
2: Hi, I'm Imri, the host of the Wannabe Podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Thank you so much for tuning into last week's episode. It seems that we have all been caught in the comparison trap and it was so lovely to connect with you and hear your stories about how you personally come out of that horrible, horrible, icky place. So thank you for tuning in and leaving comments and tweeting me about it. This week, I am super pumped to bring you this episode with Ajoma Aluo. She is an incredible writer and someone I really do admire. Ajoma is based in Seattle and she's the author of the New York Times bestseller So You Want to Talk About Race, which is published by Seal Press. She was named one of the Roots Top 100 Most Influential African Americans in 2017. And she's one of the most influential people in Seattle by Seattle Magazine and one of the 50 most influential women in Seattle by. By Seattle Met. Jerma is the winner of the 2018 Feminist Humanist Award by the American Humanist Society. If you're not familiar with her work, she focuses on race and identity, feminism, social and mental health, social justice and the arts. Her writing has been featured in the Washington Post, NBC News, Elle Magazine, Time, The Stranger and The Guardian. And in today's episode, we cover life with ADD and the difficulties with focusing that she has and also keeping track of like her money and everything else. We talk about her greatest achievement today and I think you'll find it beautiful and refreshing. And we discuss how you can have thoughtful and productive conversations about race I can't wait for you to hear this I wanted to know if there's been a significant moment or an event in your career particularly in writing that you felt like oh my god I've made it has that happened for you yet (laughs)
3: <laughs> um I don't think that has happened just because I think writing is so vast so I'm still you know really mu- very much in this place where I want to just try so many different things you know um so there's no achievement necessarily that I'm looking to have mm-hmm. um it's more I-, I feel almost like I'm still in college you know what I
0: mean <laughs> like yeah. taking
3: all these self-directed classes and I, I don't know, it'll probably be a couple decades before I'm out of that stage, if ever, because that's just always the, what I've loved about everything. I'm a perpetual student. Um, I think probably the most satisfying part of my career so far, where I know that even if I died tomorrow, I would be incredibly happy um, and feel like it would have been worth a lot, was I think just um, in writing the dedication in my book, I got to write you know, a dedication to a lot of people that I love dearly um, and including my sons. And I had, my youngest son was having a really bad day a couple of weeks ago and just, you know, not feeling great about himself. He's, he's an anxious child and a perfectionist. And he, you know, is one of those high, high achievers that yeah. if it's not really great the first time he thinks it's complete trash. Oh, and I my don't sister's know, like that. Just, he, yeah. <laughs> and he, had, he was feeling sick too. He had had a cold. And so, you know, he just wasn't, he didn't have any reserves and he wasn't mm. feeling too great about himself. And he came in my room and said, mom, I, I don't really like myself today. And we talked about it and he just wasn't hearing me, you know, as I was trying to explain to him all the great things that he uh, does and how much joy he brings people. And he just didn't want to hear it. Mm. And I finally, and then I, you know, kind of had this idea and I said, hey, go get one of my books because I just got the box to sign to send off to some people. And so I, he went and got it and I said, no, I want you to read the dedication. And, you know, he got to read what I wrote about him. And I said, no matter what happens, even after I'm long gone, even after you're long gone, anyone who picks up this book in any version is going to read what you meant to me and what you meant to my career, and they're always going to know, and, like, for me, I think that was probably the most rewarding moment I've had of my whole career, knowing that, I, at least I got that down, oh, you know, like, nice. <laughs> like, forever, <laughs> you know, and he started crying, just, you know, it was like this kind of relief, where I, I, I think he could read it, and, and absorb it, especially the way his little brain works a lot easier than he could hear it, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, it was just that for me was like the most amazing, wonderful gift that I had never expected that this career could give me it was the chance to put down, you know, for all eternity, for, you know, however long the written word exists, Yeah. Uh, how great my children are. Um, so I, I know it has very little to do with what I write about, but in, in many ways it has a lot to do because I, I think, you know, my concern for the world as a parent drives a lot of my work so so far that's been my winning moment like and it's going to take a lot before something kind of trumps that that. yeah (laughs) that
2: is like the most beautiful moment I think I've ever heard in my life um I'm not really one for sentimental but that was so that was so touching um (laughs) I'm like like the biggest grin was on my face as you were speaking and it was I mean what more can you want out of this world beyond you know giving back to the people that you love and knowing, like knowing that that is going to exist for eternity. I think that's the beauty of books is that they are always present and there and able for people to consume. And I mean, that's, that's beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. That's lovely. I, which is, I feel like very remiss in, in switching to where we're going now, but um, <laughs> I did want to know about a challenge that you might be currently facing or have faced in your career that you've either made you want to like really quit or you know that like you just found very very difficult and could you talk about a difficult moment that that just pushed you to the edge
3: um you know I would say for the most part when you're writing about race but you've existed as a black woman your whole life um, the difficulty really isn't in the job, you know, um, either I face it in my day-to-day life as microaggressions in the office or I face it with, you know, readers telling me they hope I die on Twitter. Wow. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other, you know, um, I, I'm pretty immune to a lot of that. I would say, honestly, the, the biggest challenge for me has been, I have really bad ADD and so do my kids. Um, and I now have a self-directed career (laughs) and um, I have to try and keep track of billing and taxes and due dates (laughs) and emails and um, I had to write a whole book and that was that was actually that actually was what pushed me to finally get my formal diagnosis I know this was something I had for a long time and my son had been diagnosed but I had always put it off because you know, when you have ADD, you put things off. (laughs) And so I always put it off. And then I I realized, um, as I was, as my due date for the book was approaching and I had all these scattered thoughts as I was trying to find some way to work through it, that I was not going to write it if I didn't get some help. Um, it was not going to be done. And so I think that learning how to work with my brain because while I have ADD and it makes a lot of these things incredibly difficult, it's also the thing that helps me, you know, that helped me hyper-focus and helps my creativity um, and h- allows my brain to kind of jump mm. and make connections, you know, um, in, in a way that I need to. And in many ways actually makes me really good at, you know, public speaking, but also it means that, you know, I'm absolute crap for due dates. Um, and if you ever, You know, people know now, most of the people who've worked with me for a while know they have to email me and then text me and then maybe call me and then email me again. And then maybe I'll get back to them, you know. Um, And that's been tough because usually you work in a company, Mm -hmm. someone handles your payroll, you have a boss who's there staring at you, um, telling you to get things done. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
3: um, you know, the paperwork and the administrative stuff is usually done by someone else, and I have, I'm kind of responsible for all of it. Um, And, you know, and, and there's only so much like you can handle when you have ADD, even, no matter how good you get at things, you know? So of course the week my book came out, I was late on my mortgage. You know, I had the money, but you know, I, there was only so many things I could keep track of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, I hate you.
3: and that was when I couldn't until they started calling me and then it was like $300 late charge, and, you know, oh, and no. you're like, oh man, but you know, like. I had to, I've had to learn how to try to deal with it, mitigate it, but also embrace it where it helps me and kind of then let some things go. because yeah. I can't do all of this work and then also master ADD at the same time. Um, so that's been a really big challenge for me is there are certain things legally, you know, I can't just not pay my taxes because yeah. I'm not good with payable. <laughs> I can try, but you know, that's only going to work for so long. Um, and so that for me has been really tough is there are whole aspects a, a real creative job like writing usually there's a lot of people where if you're really good at writing chances are you have the personality that's not good at everything else that goes with writing
1: mm-hmm. you're
3: good at the right and that's it and um so that's been tough I wouldn't want to switch it I wouldn't want to be good at the paperwork and bad at writing or just mediocre or both um but I don't necessarily, you know, it doesn't mean that that's going to make my bills pay themselves yeah. or you know, get me to any appointment on time or any interview on time. And so that's really been tough um, because I'm, I'm I, the freedom I need to write also removes all of the structure I need to, like, get paid for writing and, you know, all those other things that you need to survive, so... Um, I've, that's been a real struggle over the last couple of years, trying to work my way around it. Not much better at it, um, at all. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure if I were to add up all of the people I haven't invoiced, it would be probably tens of thousands of dollars. Oh my gosh. Um, Wow. (laughs) Because I, you know, the thought of spending 90 seconds to type out an invoice and send it seems unbearable to me um and now of course I would have to go and find them and search for my emails and, you know because I don't keep track and, yeah um yeah I hope nobody listens to this and then calls me and knows that I'm never going to build them because. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: can I so relate know. to this so much <laughs> I have had to send an invoice like last month for some freelance work I'm doing I'm so bad at paperwork like just so bad just like as you're describing probably I don't think I do have like ADD though I just I'm just bad um and like the people email me back like you forgot like a whole day that you worked for us so here's we've updated your invoice to include that money we owe you and I was like thank you so much because I forgot (laughs) and I never keep track um I'm too focused on the actual job at hand the task at hand so.
1: so yeah
2: paperwork is not fun though but um i mean you still put beautiful work out into the world but yeah definitely like go through these get like you need to hire someone and get them to like be your personal bailiff for sure like you cannot be leaving money on the table
3: (laughs) i know well you know what's funny is i do have an intern and poor thing and she's you know i think it's it's tough because she still needs me to get back to her. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just as bad at getting back to her as I am at getting back to anyone else. So she tries to do what she can. But, you know, she has this list of dozens of lines, you know, lines long of things that she needs me to say yes or no on. Or <laughs> or good oh, way, wow. Get on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, later, later. You know, um, my I had an intern last year. It was funny because she just she kind of figured out like she would look at my schedule. I'd be like, oh, "Okay, you're driving to an event, it's going to be an hour. I'm calling you. And while you're driving and you can't do anything else, you're going to give me answers to all these questions."
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. Like, <laughs> you know,
3: um, but I think that takes a lot of, you know, comfort and like, you know, she had kind of figured out that I wasn't going to get mad and um this other intern, you know, she's very kind and it's taking her some time to figure out how to navigate the fact that I needed an intern because I'm bad at getting back at people, but I'm not actually going to get better at getting back to her either and so I don't make it easy for her she she at least makes sure that I I get to events oh that's good um, <laughs> <night>. <laughs>
2: that's good um, yeah I definitely relate to the <sighs> keeping track of organization and it is I think it's a surprisingly common thing that people just not like if you're especially as a creative it's like it's also the last thing you want to do like no one wants to do all of the like admin like personal life admin anyway so like add that to anything else is just yeah it's not it's not it's not a good recipe um, for success especially where money's involved and like time um yeah time management is just tough to get hold of i wanted to um talk about your book Because that's really why you're here. And I love it. Like I said, I'm, I'm about three quarters, maybe two thirds of the way through, I would say. And what I really loved about your story is that you came from this political science background. But like writing has always been a part of who you are. And it's been something that you really loved doing.
0: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: When you were younger and I feel like political science was 100% like the right thing to do despite going through all of those years in tech because you write in a way that makes like very clear and like there were some really complex concepts that I think I knew in my head but I was never able to articulate. I don't know if that's been the general feedback that you've been getting so far but it's you've just literally just taken things, complex things from my head and just like put it on paper and like explain like why this is the way it is. And this is how it works now. And especially things around privilege. And like, I had to do a personal checklist of my privilege today at work with my friend. She's like, what privilege do you have? And I was like, well let me start with this massive list um and I think even because the story uh, because the book is peppered with your own personal experiences as well um and I guess I could relate to a lot of it um it's it's really helped me better have conversations about race which I guess is really the purpose of this book right so I want to thank you for writing it because it's it has been essential reading I have honestly recommended it to everyone I've encountered Um, I've done like three interviews this week and I'm like so you need to read this book and they've all like taken a, a picture of the sleeve and it is a fantastic way to start the conversation and actually like find the words that I don't think a lot of people have and I know that you've mentioned in past interviews that you know this is not the book this is not what you wanted to write but was a book something that you wanted to do?
3: I hadn't even thought about it. Um, honestly at all. Um, I think that I was writing, I was writing and I was writing and it was mostly out of need, right. It was, things would happen. And I felt like I needed to say something and people were indicating they needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when my agent approached me, I, a book had, I had never considered it at all. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and also, you know, with my, with my ADD and knowing how my brain worked, writing something really long, I mean, it honestly just, it, it didn't even, it wasn't, oh, I, you know, would have said no, or I was thinking I would hate that. I had, it just had never crossed my mind as an option um at all. I wasn't even thinking about it. So when my agent, prospective agent, you yeah. know, she, she came to me and said that she'd been reading my work for a while and asked, you know, have you ever considered writing a book? I honestly said no, um, because I had it. And, you know, I was very skeptical at first and it didn't sound fun. I didn't (laughs) know how my brain worked. I knew I was starting to figure out why essays worked as well for me as they did. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the quick turnaround. Um, If you have ADD, you know, you can be very focused Mm -hmm. on something that interests you for a short period of time. And so writing online on current political issues um, is really, it suits, it's really, really well suited to that. You know, I can I can turn out, it's rare that an essay takes me longer than an hour to write.
1: Oh, wow. Um,
3: and it's partially because with my ADD, I'm constantly searching for new information of what's happening all of the time. But then while it's hot, I have to write it then. If you call me and say, um, will you write an essay for me? Um, it'll be due in three weeks. You're never going to get that essay from me. It's oh well. <laughs> um, but if you, uh, a lot of times, some editors who have learned from watching me, they'll watch my Twitter feed and they'll email right away and say, hey, we noticed you're talking about this. Can you write an essay now? And they know I'll turn that essay in within the hour. But if they say, hey, come up with some ideas and pitch me, never, never going to happen. <laughs> it's just never going <laughs> to <be. laughs> So yeah, I, I didn't have any... You know, I I have I've I have stories in my head. I always have. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think as the brain of a writer, I have stories in my head that I always knew were very long stories. But the thought of actually writing them, the thought that I would ever write a book was was beyond me.
2: That is so interesting because I always thought most writers' like goals would be to write a book in life. So it's quite interesting that you that was not like something that had even crossed your mind. I mean, if you got if it did cross your mind, would this have been the book you would have written had you not been asked?
3: No, no. And it, <laughs> it was not at all what came to mind when she said, have you considered it? And I said, no. And she was like, well, I think you should. And then, like, she was like, what about, you know, writing about talking about race? And I was like, nah, no. It, <laughs> no, thanks. It doesn't sound fine. Uh, yeah, I would have, I mean, I'm incredibly grateful she did. You know, now that it's over, I'm proud of the book and I do think it fills a niche, you know, and I think I was able to find a space. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with contributing something of youth mm-hmm. in my writing all of the time, um, no matter what form. And so there's a lot that has been said about race, and there's a lot that could be said about race. But it was really important to me to not waste people's time, mm-hmm. and I don't think this book wastes people's time. No, at all. Um, I think it's a, a different contribution from a lot of other books out there and so I'm glad that she brought it up and I'm glad I was able to find this core this angle for it um and find this thing to put out there because if she hadn't brought it up I probably never would have written it I do actually think it's important and I think it's a good book and I hope it's something that other people build upon you know and maybe it starts a lot more writing of these practical aspects of looking at race and you know in day-to-day life and also Broadly, you know, more systemically as well, would love to see a lot more guidebooks and workbooks, and also a lot of A B study and things like this dedicated to issues around race, because I feel like it has been, you know, when when people say that they studied race, you know, um, anything having to do with race in college, a lot of times people dismiss that; they think it's not a valid mm-hmm. work, they just think it's not valid science, um, but it's one of the most important issues in society, um, and especially in Western society. And I would love to see more people looking at um writing toward practical solution, writing toward um, you know, institutional solution, mm-hmm. um, and giving things that people can actually take into the world and and, and, and work with. So I'm very, very glad that she had that idea <laughs> because I don't know you know what I would be doing today but I'm I'm grateful personally for it
2: yeah I'm very grateful that you wrote this book to be honest I I thought it was going to be quite similar to um why I'm no longer talking to white people about race I feel like that was just because of the title situation but Mm -hmm. um they're very very different books and I actually love books that have practical elements like I actually get um very bored very quickly when it's just like I can't I have struggle with fiction for example um and I struggle to read things that I just feel like okay this is educational but I don't know how I then go on to apply this um Mm -hmm. so I read a lot of like entrepreneur and business books and it's like oh this is very nice I feel very motivated and very inspired but like what do I do now and I I find that I I have that with a lot of books they're not bad authors they're not bad books it's just how do i move forward and i feel like i've actually progressed like i've had the book for all of about 4 days and i've had about four or five conversations about race about privilege in that time and i think what you said in the very beginning is you know this is going to make you feel very uncomfortable and i was like surely not i'm a black woman in this i'm going to be fine <laughs> like i was very uncomfortable especially when i had to like really address like where my politics lie and Um, why like especially like when you gave the anecdote about the young black men while you were at the like uppity black folk picnic I don't know if that's how you described it but that's kind of how I read it (laughs) and um, you had this picnic and these black guys come up and you know it was kind of like oh we weren't considering you guys and I really like that really resonated with me and I I was like okay I really have to look at where I sit in the whole landscape and what I say on the outside and how that really trickles down and who that's really affecting. And, um, instead of kind of just giving myself applause for just like creating space, I'm creating space for people essentially just like me who have, you know, inherently got quite a bit of privilege, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not. So I really am so grateful for this book. I think it's so important. I'm definitely Doing the work to get it out there so I mean you don't have to pay me any royalties or anything it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but um something I did notice about it that I really wanted to just touch on before I wrap up is you know because you mentioned that you had adD which I didn't know before this actually is that each of the chapters kind of sit as standalone essays um I'm not sure if that was deliberate or not but I realized that as I'm reading it, I could like, if if you were to skip a chapter, not that anyone should, but you could basically skip and jump ahead and jump around and still get like the kind of full weight of each section. Um, was that like a deliberate format choice for you?
3: It was. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> it was. I mean, at first... I mean, it was definitely a a plan because of how I wanted it used. Mm -hmm. And it ended up actually being very fortunate with ADD because it meant I could pick up a chapter, get sick of that chapter, put it down, skip, um, Mm -hmm. and go to a completely different space in the book and write. And no, I wasn't, you know, going to lose flow. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, of course, I had to make some adjustments based on the order that, you know, the book was placed in. But for me, when I wrote it, what I wanted this to be it was the book that you kind of carried around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and I wanted you to be able to to if you were having an issue with a particular topic, pick up that chapter, read it in its completion and not feel like you had to go backwards and forwards to get that lesson. Um mm-hmm. and, and it's something that I hoped I would see if schools wanted to use it, you know, mm-hmm. could teach a unit on a subject and use part of a chapter. Um and so that's really, you know, I really like throughout writing the book practicality was my number one concern use was my number one concern um I think you know we of course you know you want things to sell well you want it to be you know successful but for me mostly I wanted it to be really useful and so I was trying to think like the way that we talk about race I I didn't want to make this book for the people who like it's their hobby to study everything about race and they've read everything out there Mm -hmm. um I really wanted it to be Wow, I'm having this issue with my cousin or I'm having this issue with my boss or I don't know how this this one issue is affecting my community I wanted people to be able to pick up that chapter read it and be able from that be able to move forward and take some action um, and so yeah I really did want each chapter to stand on its own the order is kind of important in some ways in that, if you don't have a grasp of some of the earlier chapters, mm-hmm. that some of the later chapters will be more difficult. You know, so there's a reason why privilege comes before intersectionality, yeah. right? Um, those are concepts that go hand in hand. But if you do have one, and, you know, if you know what privilege is, you have a good grasp on that. But you're not still, you know, sure how intersection intersectionality works. I wanted you to be able to pick that, that chapter, read it, reread it. Um, it's something I hope people can go back again and again to whichever chapters they're having more issues with and, and, and help them. So, yeah, that was very much by design. It's how I read, how I use. It's how I differentiate between the books I use mm-hmm. and the books I just read. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wanted to make this really, really easy to use.
2: What is an action that you would recommend for listeners that either want to talk about race Or you can also choose like an action around focusing since that was a challenge that you, you face yourself. So, I mean, I'll give you, give you a choice.
3: I would say the number one tip I would give anyone who wants to talk about race and wants to do it well is to sit down and figure out what your intention is for every conversation you have. These are really important conversations that are really fraught. And we enter into them because we feel like we need to, but we forget what we want to get out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we don't even know what we want to get out of the conversation. And you're never going to have a successful conversation about race if you don't know what it is you want to accomplish. So I would say practice, even when you sit down to read an article about race or read a book about race. Say, why am I reading this? What am I hoping to get out of this? Know what your intentions are. It's going to make a huge difference in how you receive the information you get. Mm -hmm. And if you state it in conversation with other people, it's going to make a huge difference in how they converse with you. Because then you're reaching an agreement about what you're hoping to get out of the conversation, a mutual agreement. Um, And it's going to increase your chances of success and increase your chances of finding actionable items in that conversation or in your study. And so I would say definitely take it back to those roots of why am I doing this? And for an issue as important of race,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, we can't afford to enter these things in just willy nilly. Figure out what you want to get out of it and know for yourself. I think a lot of times we lie to ourselves about what we want in our conversations about race when we don't examine it. And a lot of times we think that the other person wants the same thing we want or wants the opposite of what we want Um, and it can stop conversations before it starts
2: isn't ajoma just fantastic you can get a copy of so you want to talk about race on amazon i highly recommend it to find out more about ajoma you can follow her on twitter at ajoma aluo which is i-j-e-o-m-a-o-l-u-o and you can visit her website ajomaaluo.com same spelling On Wednesday, we talk about Ajeoma's love of politics and how she landed in tech. Her worst advice is so good, you'll definitely want to make it to the end to hear it. This podcast is created by the Shoutout Network. To find out more about membership, visit shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. And has this podcast made you take notes, scribble down something really crazy in the spare of the moment, or even just made you think? Then let me know about it by leaving a review on iTunes via your Mac computer or the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone. Follow us at Wannabe Podcast on Twitter and Instagram to get the latest updates and just to interact and say hello. And to get extended show notes, listing the tools and resources we mentioned in this episode, visit wannabepodcast.com. All show notes will be updated on Wednesday. I can't wait to catch up with you on Wednesday. Bye.